Mindfulness Mode 403. Let go of needing to be like everyone else and to become more me. You know, you are the only you and that's your true power. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, PodFest is coming up, and in case you don't know what that is, it's a fantastic event that's taking place in Orlando, Florida, starting March 7th, and it's all about podcasting, and there'll be a lot of tremendous people there podcasters, people who are interested in podcasting, or maybe people who are interested in being guests on podcasts. They'll all be there. I've been to PodFest a couple of times before and absolutely loved every minute of it. And I've been invited to speak there this time. So you can be there too. And I'd love to meet up with you. It's always great to meet up with listeners of Mindfulness Mode. You can sign up for PodFest at podfestexpo.com. And trust me, it'll be a great time. You know, have a look at the resort. It's only 20 minutes from from Disney parks and from Universal Studios theme park. I mean, so much to do there and such a beautiful resort it's going to be at. So consider that. I'd love to see you there. You know, we hear a lot about ways to relieve pain, but today's guest has a way that you may not have heard about. I found this man totally captivating and I've connected with him again since the interview. Wow, he was, oh, he's just been such a life changer for so many people. He can help relieve your pain using sound and music, music that he personally composes. Wow, I found his story to be moving and wow. Well, I'll tell you what, listen to the episode to the very end and he has an incredibly valuable surprise for you. I'll just leave it at that. Don't miss this episode. I hope you hear the whole thing. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with Ian Morris. Mindful Tribe, you are in for a real treat today because we've got a terrific guest who is not run-of-the-mill. Run He's kind of interesting in a different kind of way. He's a musician. His name is Ian. Hey, Ian, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. I'm That's ready. That's good. You <laughs> definitely sound mindful, Ian. That's for sure. Ian Morris heals with sound. Now, I told you this is fascinating. He has over 20 years experience in the creative arts field, and he uses sound and frequency and healing vibes to create something he calls frequency-minded music. His goal with this music is to help those that struggle and feel alone so that they find hope and become empowered to heal, grow, and be whole again. So, wow, what an undertaking. Frequency-minded music incorporates various melodies that are introduced throughout the duration of a song and are played in a key which resonates for healing in each specific client. This method of sound healing follows a different approach compared to traditional sound therapies, which sometimes use tuning forks or gongs or singing bowls. Ian has worked with organizations such as United Way, Hospice, Meals on Wheels, and I'm sure there will be lots of other organizations too. So Ian, let's start here. What does mindfulness mean to you? I think 
mindfulness is really getting acclimated with your body, kind of a, a consciousness that takes you out of autopilot mode, you know, because we kind of have mundane, you know, routines that we get into. And I think that mindfulness brings in body awareness, it brings in consciousness, and it's kind of a um, giving the mind a new focus, you know, so that's what mindful mindfulness is to me. Well, I agree with you. I think that's true. So you've been involved uh, with music for a long time. Were you musical as a child? When did this all start? Um, at younger, when I was, uh, you know, elementary and, uh, you know, school, I was into baseball. I was actually a, a you know, a pitcher. Okay. And baseball was my life. So I didn't actually start playing music until I was 17 oh. is when I started, you know, picking up uh, the guitar and getting into a lot of different instruments. But um, I was really fortunate. My father was a musician and, you know, he tried when I was younger to get me into music and I just wasn't having it. I was wanting to play baseball all the time. But um it was just, I was fortunate that he subjected the family to so much amazing music. You know, I can remember um, growing up and listening to everything from Miles Davis and John Coltrane and Tower of Power to like the Beatles and James Taylor and, you know, um, Little Feet and Steely Dan and things like that. You know, so I was um, so much music in the house growing up. So I really contribute that to be one of the things that helped me to kind of grow into uh, you know, the musical talent there. Sure. Well, it must have embedded itself into your brain for sure. Because like, <laughs> like, do you have trouble being creative sometimes when you sit down to create some of these tracks that you do? No, I think um, creativity uh, was something that I learned. You know, I think there was definitely a talent that was passed down, you know, from the family there, but and in God, of course. But I think that um, it was something that I learned. I started writing poetry and painting, you know, I'm a painter and a poet. And so, um, I started seeing the connection between all of those, whether it was words, whether it was the brush and the canvas or whether it was the instruments. And it was that I just had to get out of my way. You know, there was lots of times where we have doubt and fear about judgment of what people will think. And I think when you get rid of that, you know, level the playing field, just take all that noise off the, the create creative uh countertop i guess um you know you're left with just an open channel and i think that um whether you're a intuitive healer you know do de dealing with the spiritual arts or dealing with the creative arts as a musician or a poet or an, an artist i think we're all pulling from the same flow of you know conscious uh creativity and i think that that was one of the things i learned early on and was able to try to come up with some techniques um, that would help me clear that channel so that it was always open and, you know. So you got out of your ready. way. I want to know more details. Was this something that was a, an immediate transition? You suddenly made the decision and you changed or was it gradual? How did you do it? I think that um, from an early age, I had a lot of friends who were taking guitar lessons and I was never much of a follower. I was always kind of a forge your own path kind of a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I started noticing that a lot of my friends who were taking lessons, um, they were writing their own material about two or three years in, and they all sounded like Leonard Skinner or Led Zeppelin or the Allman Brothers, you know, th things that they had learned. 
they were kind of putting that style into their own, you know, compositions. And I said from that, you know, being, you know, 18, 19 years old, I want to make my own music. I want to make music that people can say, well, that's Ian's music Mm -hmm. or, you know, that's a different style. And so that was one of the things I concentrated on early on was to stop listening to people, what they were telling me I should do or shouldn't do, and, and to really follow my heart and to really work in something that I felt was me. Right. Are you a rebel? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I have had some moments where I would be considered a rebel, I think. Ah. Well, <laughs> yeah. when did you decide to get into the type of music that you're using for healing? Because this is very different than most music. Yeah. Um, so I have always been into um, conscious music, I would say, you know. Um, but the difference with the sound healing is I read a book by Dr. Um, the, uh, the Healing Power of Sound by Mitchell Gaines. Okay. And when I read that book, it was one of the first times that I saw how sound outside of music was affecting people that had cancer people that were struggling with learning disabilities, people that were struggling with heart conditions and pain. And when I read that book, it just had such a connection with me. At that time, I was actually going through my own mystery illness. This was um, 2011, you know, 2012 right there. And um, had been in and out of the doctors and just was not getting any results or any kind of answers for what was going on with me. And I started meditating. I started using, and I was always a person who had a hard time quieting my mind because it was always busy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to do this, I got to do that. I got 10 projects I want to do. And um, and so when I introduced sound and started listening to singing bowls and the human voice, like vocal toning and just um, pure tones, what they would call just like a one note, you know, constant frequency, mm-hmm. you know, just the, and put it, put the headphones on. I found that it was able to disrupt those broadcasts of noise that I was creating, you know, internally. And it gave me a playing field of just like walking out into a field and, you know, just a calm, you know, calmness of nature. And so I started realizing that this was making it possible for me to quiet my mind and get into a spot where I could have those moments of mindfulness and body awareness and kind of tuning into something different. And that right there changed my life over the next six months i um i'm six two i was always a really heavy set guy about 310 i was about 310 pounds lost 100 pounds in a year you know after i started this um people that knew me i grew up um dyslexic and having a lot of issues learning in school and i kind of even had a speech impediment at certain points you know when i was younger and people would you know, talk to me after this six months, seven months. And they said, you know, you're talking faster. You seem smarter. Like, what have you been doing? Like, you just seem like a different person. You've lost all this weight. Um, and I said, it's the frequencies, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, So it was just something that really allowed me the space and time to really have that opportunity. So did people look at you with this really strange look like you were a little off your rocker or something? Yeah, uh, there was a, I had a few people, um, you know, I grew up in the Christian church Uh and I had a few people that were friends that said, well, do you believe in God anymore? Like you've changed so much, you know, like what? 
And, you know, I said, of course I believe in God. And I said, I just have, you know, some uh, maybe a little more elaborate and open views from what I was taught when I was younger. But, you know, it's still pretty much the same. But, I, you know, I said the way I view food now is different. The way that I view uh, intention and focus and affirmations is different. The way that I view manifesting and, you know, creating opportunities for myself is different. And, um, you know, I think people just, it took them a little while, but within a year, two years, you know, some of those people that were a little weirded out started coming right. around and, you know, listening to the music. And um, it, it's, yeah, it was definitely, it was fun. You know, it was a time where you kind of change, you lose some friends, you gain sure. some new ones, and people just kind of, as you evolve and grow, that's, I guess that's what happened. Do you ever use binaural <laughs> beats in your music? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't use them as much because a lot, of the music is focused for group, you know, yes. um, uh, sound immersions, but I do create, uh, for, um, private clients as well as, you know, a few times I would think, I think there's like six or 10 somewhere around there, uh, binaural beats in the albums that are online right now. So how do you do that? How do you create binaural beats? So, Basically, this binaural beat is in the left speaker. You got to use headphones, yes. and in the left speaker, you create a tone. Like, let's say that it's a hundred hertz. Yeah. We put in the left ear, and then you put a hundred ten hertz in the right ear. So th those two tones create this uneven, you know, sound wave for the head. And as the ears are interpreting these signals, they don't like the brain does not like that chaos between that wobble that's created. Mm -hmm. So the brain actually synchronizes the hemispheres where both hemispheres come together. And then that creation makes the brain actually hear the difference between those two waves, which is a 10 hertz, you know, that would be a 10 hertz difference between those waves. And so in that, it creates the, the hertz. And through those hertz, people use that to facilitate different brainwave states like alpha or theta. And when you're targeting a brainwave state, you, you can, you know, there's tons of information online where it'll go through and show you. Um, but theta is like one right before we hit REM sleep. It's like the very relaxed spot that you're going before you go into your deep mm -hmm. sleep. So a lot of people love theta um, for healing. Right. You know, it's a very meditative, sedative state of mind. And that a lot of people like hypnotherapists believe that you can reprogram the subconscious in that state of theta, that it's the perfect opportunity um, for reprogramming. So a lot of people will use the binaurals to not only facilitate that brainwave state, but also to reprogram through affirmations and guided imagery um, for reprogramming the brain. So you look for the proper key for a particular person to heal them. How do you determine what is the right key for an individual person or their condition? So what I like to do is work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Uh -huh. And so in doing that, you ask a lot of questions, you know, um, basic questions about music. You know, how much do you listen to music and how much are you mindful with the feelings and emotions of that music? Are you just kind of listening in the background? Um, and you kind of get a sense of where people are and how much they're using music to start off with as a base. And then as you go along, you start asking them the types of instruments that they really like. You know, are you a bass or a drums? Do you like guitar? Do you like synth? Do you like flutes? And as you start getting the instruments down, you start learning about the type of music that they listen to that really resonates with them, whether it's high school or college or whether it's things that are out 
in the in the world now and you start getting a sense of where the person is on that that music wave and so then you start asking them more you know personal questions about their health and learning a little bit about the person and so then you're still playing jazz you're still giving them here's some things that i think could really work based on all the feedback you've given me let's listen to this this week and let's get some feedback and so usually it takes about two to three weeks and you really hit a sweet spot with people that um, is something that they can use, you know, endlessly, something that really resonates with them, whether, you know, it's the connection of the beats per minute and the tempo of the music or whether, whether it's the frequency, you know, that because you can determine are they resonating with this frequency as a pure tone without music or melody. But then that gets really boring for people. You know, it's something that really helps and it's a great tool. But on an everyday use, it's kind of boring to just listen to that right. tone. So if you can give them a mixture of binaural and pure tone as well as frequency music, that's something fun and accessible to listen right. to. then you, you're giving them a toolbox of frequency and sound to use on a regular basis. And it helps to make it a little more enjoyable. I see. And so then you create custom music for that client then. I do. And then the, you know, I make the monthly albums. Uh -huh. Yeah. So the monthly albums are basically, I'm using astrology oh. and also the political, you know, I look at the news, I look at what's going on in the world. And so I look at the astrology and I look at that. And then I also, I'm, I'm utilizing planetary frequencies. I'm using chakra, you know, chakra energy centers in the body. And I'm basically putting together a monthly um, kind of uh, flow of frequency and music that people can utilize, you know, for the general public and use uh, for use with my affiliate program. So I'm, I'm doing the custom work with one-on-one, -on -one, you know, for people that uh, really are looking for focused, targeted work. But I'm also, you know, doing the collective, you know, through that monthly, those monthly albums as wow, well. That's fascinating. I think that's just fascinating. So do you play all of these instruments yourself or are some of them synthesized? It's a mixture. So that's one of the things I really like is um, I'm using tuning forks and singing bowls and gongs and didgeridoos and kind of the traditional um, sound healing instruments. Mm -hmm. But I'm also using, um, you know, the computer and synthesizers and keyboards and things like that. Um, and I really mix the genres of music. I try to make the experiences really um, diverse and unique so that there will be everything from new age and trip hop to folk. And, you know, sometimes there's just uh, really minimal sound healing, you know, some singing bowls and tuning forks and things like that. But I also have, you know, the human voice, guitars, uh, you know, what I would consider like indie rock and, and hip hop and things like that. And I also bring in guest musicians. Oh. I, I do play a majority of the instruments, but for vocals and things like that, I'll bring in, you know, guest appearances and even um, special specialized instruments like the hand pan, the UFO drum yes. that you see people playing um, and things like that. I'll bring in special guests to perform just to give some little, um, you know, access accentuations i guess in the music each so time. do you do a lot of live performances or meetups or things like that i host groups like meditations mm -hmm. and i got away from doing live performances for one uh reason and it's basically when i so i play an instrument called the yu chin and it's a really neat little instrument they call it the chinese it's a moon guitar is what they call it it's like a it has like a banjo body and like a mandolin neck oh. <clears throat> and 
it's really interesting looking. So when you bring it out, people are always like, what is that? You know, and then when they hear it played, um, it's just such a like um, twangy instrument. It's just so it's a very interesting sound. So when people hear that in those groups, when I would do the meditation, you know, with the group live, people would open their eyes and like try to look at what I was playing. And I I didn't want to take away from the experience of, you know, that that soul journey. Mm -hmm. So basically, I started a new approach with my groups, which is I would bring in pre-recorded music, you know, that I recorded for the month. I would have a few live instruments, you know, on on site, tuning forks, singing bowls, those kinds of things. But I really started realizing the significance of intention with the group Mm -hmm. and connecting the group energy where people felt safe to be themselves and to kind of come out of their shell. And to open up and in doing that, I would explain to them about sound healing and frequency at the beginning of the group and the power of the intention of the group of, of us coming together as, you know, 10, 15, 20 people and setting an intention that all of us could have release work that day, that all of us could have a healing that day um and to really focus on them connecting with the music and not me but the music and to connect with each other and so the experiences were so powerful that that's really where the affiliate program was you know given birth is that the beauty of it was that it wasn't an intention of mine it's that i think you know the universe god however you want to look at it brought it into perspective where you don't have to be a musician you don't have to be a sound healer to facilitate these groups it could add something extra to like a yoga studio or a holistic center um it brought in fresh people new people that may never have stepped foot into those studios before because this was something different and unique um and so i've just watched it grow so it was definitely something that i still provide a little bit of live instrumentation but i really focus on the connectivity of the group and the intention setting of the group. Is there anybody else on this planet doing anything like what you're doing? Yeah, there's um, sound immersions or sound baths. People do that. But um, the monthly music and creating it to where you're teaching other people how to facilitate the groups and using the music that's with the astrology and every month. There's I haven't seen anyone doing it. I haven't I've, I've looked you know, a lot around and um, I haven't found anyone that's doing and plus you have such a melodic element to your music yeah it's definitely and and also i think the genres you know where it's it changes up and there's a lot of diversity um a lot of the affiliates comment how you know 10 15 20 different people can come in the room and the album has something for everyone where they're going to connect with something some part of it and so I work really hard to listen to feedback from my affiliates and from people who purchase music and send me emails, you know, um, critiques and feedbacks and praises and all of that. And I try to just take that into account each month and as along with the astrology and kind of the political platform and everything that's going on in the world and to put, you know, put together something that's going to help people uh, through music. I've heard that your music can even help people with addictions. How does that work? Well, I think that addictions are a broadcast, you know, it's um, something that is fulfilling something, you know, that we're trying to um, uh, escape, you know, we're trying to escape from something or we're trying to bring uh, um, relief in some form. And so it's a distraction. And I think that the 
um, music again, you know, frequency can be a disruptor to those broadcasts. And so it gives you that body awareness where you can start actually tuning into the damage that addiction has done to the body. And you can say, you know what, this doesn't feel good to me anymore. And I want to make changes. And I think that where you read something, it's really easy to kind of bypass that, you know, two, three days later. But if you can get a routine with music and make that something that becomes part of your routine, um, I really believe that that frequency can disrupt the broadcast of, you know, anything from pain to addiction, you know, even to the, the harsh words that we give ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm too fat, right. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that it can it's definitely a disruptor. Um, can you tell us a story of a specific person that you've helped with your music? Yeah, um, there's several that come to mind. So uh, there was a young, uh, a mom that had a daughter that had autism mm -hmm. when I was in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. And she was not in public school and, and really struggled um, kind of with just the call response. You know, a lot of uh, people that have autism, that's something that the parents will tell me is that I call their name. I just wish they would look at me. I'm, I can't, I feel like I can't have a relationship all the time because I just wish they, when I call their name or say their name, that they would look at me. So one of the things I worked with, with um, the, her daughter was basically the call response. And I started using instruments, you know, everything from a melodica and a, um, you know, hand, little hand drum to the piano. Mm -hmm. And it was just basically, I'm going to play this note and I want you to play the note too. And that, you know, music is something that can break through, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it can make uh, windows and doors where there were walls before, you know, and because universal is a, I mean, uh, music is a universal language and it's just something that connects with people on a different level than uh, language or even, uh, you know, physical sometimes, you know, so, um, when I started working with her, uh, it was just as simple as playing music as we interacted, whether it was taking a walk with her, you know, with her bike or whether it was working with her, you know, in the, the living room there with, um, with the family, with the instruments. And so it grew into showing her, um, tones, you know, pure tones mm -hmm. and, and, um, headphones as well as, um, music, melodic music, frequency music. And so within seven months, uh, she was get going back into public school. She, the call response was there. You could call her name and she would look. And there was just really big breakthroughs um, that I believe that the music, you know, was responsible for. And so um, I, I've seen it from that, like a learning disability or like a dyslexia with mine and, you know, with hers, with the autism. But I would say the one that really sticks out recently is pancreatic cancer. Mm. Um, one of the clients that I worked with recently, the wife, you know, emailed me and was telling me that um, she really wanted to help her husband, that he wasn't a very sensitive guy, wasn't someone that had ever tried music therapy or anything like that. And so we started, you know, I did a phone call with both of them. And then we set up a little um, routine, you know, got them a, a little uh, routine to follow and, and some music and tracks. And we just worked together over the next couple of weeks. And this was pre-surgery. You know, he was going to have surgery for his cancer. And he started having breakthroughs with emotions. And 
when the surgery came through and was finalized, the doctors told her that they he had a 40% faster recovery rate than what they have ever seen. Wow, incredible. And so, she, yeah, so she was saying that she contributed it to the music before the surgery and after the surgery. And they bought a few more albums and were really excited. And I turned them on to some other people like Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton, kind of the Mind Over Matter movement. And, you know, they were just kind of diving into a new rabbit hole. So, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun interacting with people for everything from addiction and uh, learning disabilities to pain and cancer. You know? Yeah, that is really powerful. Well, you came up with the idea listening to smile dot com. That's yeah. that's kind of your your theme, isn't it? And that's your website, listening to smile dot com. Where did you come up with that idea? So when I first started getting into all this um, frequency music, I started experimenting with friends and family that would sit still long enough. And, you know, I just started hosting meditations in my living room and showing people the music I was creating. And eventually this led to I wanted to feel more uh, than just the speakers. And so I built a, a table, you know, that frequency speakers underneath a massage table that you could lay on and it would play the frequency into your body. So you felt, you know, the vibration. Mm -hmm. And I started saying like, man, this is having powerful breakthroughs for me. It's like, I would cry, have just, like, just pour out emotions and just, I was really helping me when I was sick. And so I started sharing it with friends, people who were artists that were creatively blocked. I had friends that were um, leaving, you know, marriages or jobs that they had had for 10, 12 years and were having a really hard time letting go. And people would just get on the table. And as soon as I turned it on, they would just start smiling. And so when I saw that so many times, about the fifth or sixth time, I was like, listening to smile and i was like that's the name right there <laughs> you know? i was like so it just it kind of was one of those um you know eureka moments where you just see, have seen it so many times that you're just like that's that's it thanks universe wow thanks <laughs> you universe know? yes yes yeah. listening yeah. to smile dot com that is so awesome well you had this health issue and then how did that finally resolve and was it diagnosed well, I, yeah, so it was really kind of in a gray area. One doctor told me he thought it was prostate cancer. Um, another doctor, because I, I got about four different opinions because I was having such a hard time with what was going on. There were so many different symptoms. I was having like autoimmune stuff, like my skin was breaking out in weird rashes. I was having food reactions, the things I'd ate my whole life. I was having issues with cramps and all kinds of just like fevers and just, you know, not feeling well at all, just across the board. And so um, the another doctor uh, told me that, um, you know, the first one said it, he thought it was prostate cancer. Another doctor said that he thought it was some kind of intestinal uh, disorder, like a um, digestion, you know, kind of thing. And so there was just lots of uh, issues where one doctor told me he thought it was a bacterial infection, oh, yeah. you know, that so there was so many things that I just didn't really know what to believe or listen to. And, and when I started getting into the meditation, I started realizing how powerful it was for the mind over matter when you're uh, not expecting an illness and it comes up, you're kind of in that victim victimization mode where it's like, why me? Why is this happening? I, you know, I don't understand it. But I think when you start getting into mindfulness mode and you get into that whole 
flipping of the switch, you realize that you have the power to take control of your mind. You can change the thought process. You can change the feelings that you're having. And, and just those two things by stopping the complaining, stopping the focus on the bad and to focus on, okay, well, this is happening. What can I do to alleviate this pain? What can I do to start taking control? And I started learning like some of the things I were, was eating was not really the greatest things for me. And as you learn more about nutrition and food combinations and just health food in general, you start realizing like, wow, the society is not really set up for me to be a healthy person. Right. That's true. Enough. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Like, yeah. And so you have to kind of become your own doctor and become your own uh, meditation guru where you start taking control of your thoughts as best you can and start holding a new focus in the mind. And I think that the food, uh, the meditation was able to quiet the noise and then changing the food was really changing my body along with the thoughts. And I think it was those combinations together that really helped lead me out of that. And so, um, it's just, it's really changed, you know, to this day, um, I eat very little meat, you know, I'll eat meat if someone has made something for me. I don't really say like I'm a vegetarian or anything like that, but I would say 95% of my diet is, you know, plant-based, mm -hmm. you know, foods. And so just, you know, just a lot of switches from the mind and the physical to, you know, the nutritional Know, intake which changed a lot. I want to ask you a question about bullying. Were you ever bullied or were you ever a bully? Do you have a story where mindfulness would have made a difference? Yeah. So um, right off the bat, the first thing I think about is having dyslexia. I was made fun of tremendously amounts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, tremendous, uh, a tremendous amount in school um, dealing with that learning disability, I um, took longer for tests and I had a long, hard time in school when I was younger. The big thing was that you would read chapters and then kind of copy those chapters to page and they wanted you to learn from that. And I was just not that kind of person. Plus, I had a hard time from that, that transference, mm -hmm. you know, from the book to the page. But if someone would talk about it in front of me, I would remember every single thing that they said, you know, I was very, um, into the auto, auto learning, you yeah. know, the, the basically, um, sound and voice, you know, I still to this day, if a actor, you know, comes on screen, if I don't see them, I can just recognize them from their voice. You know, even if it's uh, obscure, someone that was on a show from six months ago, that was just like a guest appearance, you know, I can remember, that voice. And um, so that was just always the way I learned. And I had a really hard time with that. And a lot of kids would make fun of me for taking too long, or, you know, I was called dumb and stupid and, and just had a really hard time. Um, you know, fourth grade through like eighth grade, it was just really hard. You know, I got bullied a lot and, and had a lot of um, issues where I was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to have to deal with that at all. And I think what you're starting to see now is the mindfulness programs that are being introduced to the schools. And I think what it does is it helps kids get out of that selfish view of the world. Um, everyone needs to be like me or I get to make fun of them. Right. And I think that whenever you get into this mindful approach, it becomes more of the unity consciousness where you start seeing from different perspectives and it allows you to show uh, different perspectives um, through that inter internal quiet time. And I think that it helps expression and, and creativity and it helps unity 
um, you know, between the people who are participating in it. And I think that just quieting the mind from the noise of the world is one of the most powerful things that we do. Yeah, I do too. I think that's very, very true. As we move forward in the interview, Ian, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And we really have to be quick with this because uh, I've okay. been okay. talking so much. I just love to talk to you. Uh, the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? Mm, that's a really tough question. Um, I would probably, can I say two? Sure. Can they be tied for first sure. place? I would say Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton. Um, you know, Joe Dispenza is uh, one of the most powerful, you know, people that I can remember. And, and Joe Dispenza, I mean, uh, Bruce Lipton is right up there with him. You know, the Mind Over Matter movements and the books they wrote, uh, Bruce Lipton with Biology of Belief. And the newest one from uh, Joe Dispenza, the... Uh, becoming supernatural you know both of those books are just so up there um for me and and helping you know hold me to a higher bar okay. <laughs> you know of like what i'm striving for and um yeah so i would say those two absolutely and i'll put those books into our show notes as well so that okay listeners okay. you can uh, you can see them at mindfulnessmode.com uh Tell us how mindfulness has affected your emotions. Has it affected your emotions? Yeah. When I was younger, I definitely had a lot of anger issues. Mm -hmm. And I think I attribute it to the frustration of being bullied and going through the frustration of wanting my mind to be uh, working like everyone else. Right. And it wasn't. And so I was constantly in a state of frustration and anger. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what mindfulness and the you know, meditation has done for me is it's helped me to realize that everyone's not the same and that we all have our strengths in certain areas and to be okay with that, you know, to let go of needing to be like everyone else and to become more me, you know, you are the only you and that's your true power. Wow. Well, <laughs> so, you are, yeah. you are incredible, you know, with your power, you've been able to accomplish so much. Uh, tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. I would say breath is probably the biggest for me, you know, mm -hmm. in the in the meditation routine because um, I feel like you know ten slow inhales and ten slow exhales can change anyone's mood, you know, just in the snap of a finger. Mm -hmm. And I think that it it gives more oxygen to your body. You know, your organs work different. Your whole system functions differently when you give it the oxygen that it needs. And we go through life and such a hustle bustle that we forget that we're not even breathing yeah, <laughs> you know at all we're just kind of surviving there and um so breath is very very powerful for altering moods and setting the tone for my meditation it's very powerful yeah for sure my uh, we've already talked about the books but as far as an app is there an app that you recommend that can help people with mindfulness my favorite that I've come across so far, because it has so many options, is Insight Time. Right. Um, you know, it has tons of great music on there, and there's courses and classes that you can do. And my favorite um, uh, function of it is the actual um, timer that you can do. So you could set a timer for 20 minutes, and you could go into meditation, and it lets you know when you're complete. But it also gives you different um, options, like... Um, if you want to listen to voice or you'll want to listen to new age music or, you know, and it gives you music during the time of your timer. So it's pretty awesome. And, and you can connect with people on the app as well. You can message people and talk to people and, 
you know, it's, it's a neat way to uh, meet new creative and like-minded people. And it's just really, cool. I totally agree. I use it every day. It's absolutely awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It's, yeah. it's great. Cool. Yeah. Well, wow. It has been so exciting to talk to you and it's, it's great to know that we can just go to listening to smile.com to learn more about you and to connect with you. And is there any other way we can connect with you? My email is ian at listening to smile.com and then listening to smile.com is the website. I, I do have music on insight time that you can listen to ask on there. And, um, uh, band camp is the other way. Um, band camp, listening to smile.bandcamp.com and then Spotify. If you look up listening to smile, it's on Spotify. There's a few albums on there as well. Oh, and is there anything else you have for us, Ian? Yeah, I want to offer your listeners a 40% off, um, you know, for any purchases, if they get on the site and are connecting with any of the music and really wanting to take something home. Um, if they use the code mindfulness mode at checkout, they'll get 40% off of any purchase that they make from the site. Wow, that's a very generous offer. 40% off off so you just let me get this straight you go to listening to smile.com and then you go to purchase something on that website and there will be a, a coupon code place where i can just anyone can type in mindfulness mode to get a 40 percent reduction am i right yeah at the top of the site there will say get music when they click on that it'll take them to the albums and when they click on the album there's listen previews where they can preview the album and when they find the one they want and they say buy, it'll give a little, at the checkout, it'll say code. And when they enter in mindfulness mode altogether, lowercase, it'll give them 40% off of every purchase. Wow, so generous. Thank you very much for that. And I know, Mindful Tribe, that you're going to get right onto your computer and do that because, believe me, this is healing stuff. This can change your life. This can help you with, you know, whether you're depressed or whether you have anxiety or whether you have, you know, some kind of other frustrations in your life. Give it a try because, wow, Ian's music has changed people's lives all over the world. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Well, it has been fantastic to talk to you, and I appreciate what you do. Keep it up. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It was really exciting. Yeah, exciting for me too. Thanks, Ian. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, the Release Your Overwhelm Guided Meditation for $4.99. Abandon your inner blocks, surrender your stress, and become more focused with the calming sound of the waves and reminders about how you can release 
your blocks that are holding you back. Download this full-length 30-minute guided meditation at mindfulnessmode.com release. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.